And it goes like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many of us know that? How many of us grew up with that? I mean, that's something you tell at least a five-year-old, six-year-old, right? That's something we learned through elementary school and we hope to obtain or to maintain during junior high or high school and into adulthood, right? Like this is giving all of us benefit of the doubt. If we're able to just know that words can never hurt us, what's the whole point of that? It's that we can, ma we can maintain self-control, right? So we can maintain the ability to not let anybody get to us, to not let anybody, <coughs> you know, spike our tempers, not let anybody get us into a rivalry, take some unwanted action that we're going to have some bad consequences for. This is pretty basic stuff. Just being a normal child, a normal human being. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I thought that's like martial arts day one. I thought that was like the whole point of martial arts and mixed martial arts or jujitsu or karate or boxing, anything. I thought, all, I thought sports was like number one for understanding that it all goes down game time. It all goes down in the ring. Not so to speak, it all goes down in the ring. And look at what we see this last weekend. I know everybody's seen the uh, footage or at least has just heard all the talk about the uh, Khabib and um, McGregor or Conor McGregor fight. And to watch them do what they have done right in the media with the, the fighting and the, their gangs and coming at each other and I mean this is all paid stuff this is all some big business that they're all participating in let's go into the fact that can you imagine being a fighter I can't imagine being a fighter drives me nuts I don't want to be touched I don't want sweaty skin on sweaty skin saliva blood on me no thank you i'm not that type of fighter i'm not that type of guy that just wants to roll with somebody i don't that's me but if you actually get into the sport you end up with some type of passion for that type of pain for that type of environment for that type of training i understand the training part except for even sparring you know but the training part I get, but can you imagine you actually go through this sport and one day you're able to make a giant paycheck from it, let alone any paycheck from it to sustain any type of living. And now you get up to the big leagues, you get up to the big paychecks, and I don't know what to say. Nothing changes, nothing's changed. After you go through everything, the fights, the discipline, the... the, the the traveling, the different gyms you fight, and, and then you get to the big leagues, and then you win, or, you know, I do want to rewind, and then you fight this other guy's crew, or chase the crew, and it just reminds me of, like, 
somebody proving to themselves in some way or to others to say, I might be rich, but I'm still a thug. I don't know. I think people do admire that. But, you know, I, I want to say, like, I admire it as long as it's somebody else. So I know everybody can say, well, I'd be down. I don't care how rich I'd get. I'd still throw a still dolly through a bus. And I don't, I, I think most people would say, hell no, I'd never do that. And the people that say they do it, they'd only do it if they watch somebody else do it. So it's bizarre, right? It's just bizarre for these people to be in such high places making what they've only dreamed of. And I know anybody can say, oh, they do it for the fighting. Man, and if, if you can be, if you can align the stars to not only do it for the fighting, but then to do it for a giant paycheck that could set at, that could at least set you up financially. Just financially. I'm not saying it would bring you happiness. I'm not saying it would bring you peace. I'm not saying your life would be amazing. I'm just saying at the, at the, the one element of your life you would kind of possibly be able to put to rest would be like uh, financial security. And you finally get there and you, you just jeopardize all of it, including your peace, including your only chance to live, you know, a, a good life with a family, a loving life, where you don't have to look over your shoulder, where you don't have to worry about the gang you've pissed off and the people that are coming after you. And I mean, I don't use this word, but where are the scruples to realize this, that there's, a, there's, there's something good to take care of, there's something good to realize. And then the, the, the winner is the, is the greater attacker, right? The winner, when do we see this? When do we see the winner have a fit and want to beat up more people that aren't even part of the actual competition? We don't see things like this. You win? And then you blow it. I just, it's, you know, I want to say like it freaks me out. Only because it freaks me out because I know what we're capable of. I know what our minds are capable of. I know how much we don't make sense. Why? Because I've done a lot of things that don't make sense. And I've always asked myself, why do you do that? Why do you, why have you under why do you have a, a better understanding of life yet you still do that? It's the mind, right? It's the brain. It's the ability to create good disciplines that have good results and that continue and they spread and they multiply and then you you want to start to fill in the gaps to create other areas that can convert from okay or not so good into good, into more fulfillment or more satisfaction in your life. So as we all struggle to achieve this, somehow we still get to good places and we still rebel, we still go against the grain, we, we still are able to just take it all and put it in the garbage. I mean, I don't know. It's as close to the garbage as I can think. I understand that this, the, you know, if there's a rematch, I understand it'll be fueled by more money. It'll be fueled by what the people want. I just heard earlier somebody say, 
oh, you know, this is really going to upset their fans and they're not going to support it. And I said, I quite the opposite. The fans are going to support it. You know how it works. Now these sports take place all over the world. So you upset Vegas, who cares? They'll fight in another country. They'll find another state. Somebody else wants that money. It's not even a question if that if they're going to take the rematch. No matter how upset, no matter how absurd, no matter how you know insulting it is to all sports for that matter. There's money to be made. Somebody's going to create the license, give the visa, invite the. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, right? Craziness is going to prevail because it's what people want. We want the action. We want excitement. We want new. We want more. We want it to go further. And that's what we got. So now we're fascinated by it. Now it takes a piece of me. And that kind of drives me nuts because I don't like when circumstances take place and it kind of takes a piece of me with them. In the sense of I start to question what is going on with this brain we have? How are these things possible? I get it. It makes for good media, right? So that's where we say, what are you talking about? That's great that that happened. It's exciting. It's entertaining. I'm not into the excitement and the entertainment. I'm into the fact that I just can't see how we work this way. How we continue to just, you know, I, I, I used to call it self-destruct. Where we create the self-destruction. Where we fight so hard to get what we want. And we still mess it up. And you see this guy who was champion for about four seconds get on the news and say how he was uh, basically had the right because uh, he talked about my father and he talked about my religion and he talked about my country. And these are two fighters who are fully intentional about beating each other possibly to death. I think that's fair in MMA to say. In boxing, there's a chance. But in MMA, there's such a, such a great chance of just getting your brain shooken to the, to the point of death or convulsion or, you know, some permanent damage. And this, 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 these two professionals... I don't care where they came from. I get it. Everybody can say, well, they look at you. You don't know where they came from. They're gang members or they're thugs or they, they don't change. I guess it's evident. I guess it's evident. There are people like this that won't change. No matter how good it is, no matter how blessed they are, no, they won't stop to be grateful. They won't stop. And I, I get it. I, I, can, I can go with all of it and say... That's why they're fighters. That's why they're champions. It's because they got that edge. They're willing to go there. I got it. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to sit back and say, how can they do this and not still be champion fighters? Maybe that's the only way they do do it. But these are just some outrageous results. And it, it, I'll tell you, it just reminded me again of like saying man i thought i thought martial arts was all about self-control and discipline and the ability to keep it in the ring or the ability to say no this is all going to go down in the ring 
right? They got the ultimate night. They said, yeah, you guys hate each other. You guys got teams. You guys got coaches. You guys got training. Let's put it all to the test. One night, let's do this. And they got it. And it wasn't enough for both of them. For both of them. They both blew it. They both blew it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go, go, go to YouTube and watch all these videos of how they both blew it. I'm not going to do the play-by-play. -play. It's too much to go through. It's all there. Everybody. The, the Khabib guy jumping over, attacking the coach. McGregor punching the guy on the, that's sitting on the octagon. The other two guys that are just, you know, skipping by police and security that get into the octagon and start, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know, they're jumping McGregor or they're, they want to take him on one by one, back to back. It's bizarre. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. And, you know, the no pressing charges and, I mean, it just got crazier by the second. Crazier by the second. So it shakes me up. Shakes me up to say, you know, there's Murphy's Law, right? If it can happen, it will happen. I look at this, I look at this security. I have a, uh, quite a significant background in security. And I'd look and go, uh, this is the other one that freaks me out. I look and I see the police officers and the security and they're just as fascinated as everybody else. They're staring at, the, at a focal point that's creating such a distraction that it's allowing for more chaos to go into a huge area of stress, which is the ring. Right? You have about 50, maybe probably 100 cops trying to break up several guys that are outside the ring handling the uh, Khabib guy and nobody's focused on the second main point of interest Conor McGregor there's three guys and guess what guess what those three guys are doing they're staring at the guys outside the ring which is the Khabib guy with the coach or whatever and these other guys just skip into that ring and like I said, they're either trying to take McGregor on one by, round, one by one, round by round. Or they're trying to jump him, which they never were trying to jump him. They were just trying to, I don't know, cheap shot him or beat him up or something. And these police and these security, they're just staring. They're so tunnel vision. They're so tunnel vision. Nobody was protected. McGregor could have been stabbed in the neck, shot in the head and... I get it. Could have happened anyways, but just to see people bypass so much security and trained professional police officers that were there, right, for a purpose. There was a reason for that volume because they expected something to happen, yet they had apparently no game plan to actually take action on what could happen because it all happened and nobody knew what to do. They, they, were just, no, they were just dudes with uniforms excited about what was going on. Like, I don't know what, what, what other way to explain it. Nobody took position. Nobody said, hey, something goes on here. We go to the other point of interest. Right? About 10, 10 guys. I get it. Everybody said, well, it could have been a riot. It was a stadium. 
there were still other points of interest. And the other one was Conor McGregor in the ring. There should have been one. I, I'm, I know hindsight's 2020, but there should have been one sergeant, one supervisor that says, dude, I need 10 guys in this ring covering all every point of that octagon with their backs to the inside of the octagon. Right? And then you, you see these people rushing through the octagon gate. Right? Zero security. I know. There was security. There were guys standing there. Just total bypassed. People rushing in the octagon. It was just like a free-for-all. And I don't think it had to be because there was enough. There was enough manpower. There was enough manpower. They just weren't organized. They just weren't prepared to actually handle what they were expecting to handle. Think about it. There was no question. I heard it days before how dangerous that fight was going to be and how the people, how the crowd was going to be susceptible to fights and violence and chaos. And yet, it all went down the way they were thinking it was going to go down, right? But guess what? They, weren't really, they didn't think it was really going to happen. They were just prepared just in case it happened, but not as if it were going to happen. Because if it was... Things would have been protected, blocked off, secured. There wouldn't have been such tunnel vision. I just, all I remember seeing in that crowd was just pale uniforms. It looked like hundreds of them. And, you know, the coats and the black shirts and it was security and police and staff through the roof. And they all seemed to be doing the wrong thing. They all seemed to be doing the wrong thing. Just because of all the susceptible areas that were left open. It's a bizarre, bizarre situation. Um, I let it take a piece of me because I just want to reflect and say, man, you know, really got to prepare. You really got to prepare for action. Can't just prepare for theory. You can't just get excited and act as if things are going to happen. You have to take action and do and prepare because they will happen, right? I think there's times we just think a lot of things in life and say, well, well, if it happens, what would I do? I think we should be living just as if it's happening or gonna happen. I don't know if you guys are following me there, but I'm just saying there's this preparedness that we take for granted and say, what would I do? And I'm not talking about violence or protection I'm just talking about anything that you're serious about, anything that you're focused on, anything that you're trying to create or produce. Are you planning for the best and are you planning for the worst? It's a very common business principle, very common life principle. It has to do more with, again, with self-control, with persistence, with resilience, with discipline, with your ability to make sure that your mind and your heart is protected so this way you're not in jeopardy in the future and how do you explain what happened i guess our tempers do get the best of us i guess we do take unexpected actions that's why this takes a piece of me that's why this makes me think so hard makes me want to take a breather step away and say man what's really going on in your mind are you good yeah makes me go there because I want to be even better. If I think I'm good, 
I want to be even better. I don't want to think I'm good and end up in a situation like that. Any which way, in a phone call, gut reaction, saying the wrong thing, approaching the wrong person, wrong tone, wrong attitude, wrong timing. That means a lot to me because I know how quickly our life changes based on circumstance, based on uh, just things that pop up. I know life changes quick because that matters to me. That's why I see a fight like this. Before, I used to know that uh, I used to see somebody take their life in a suicide, or maybe it was a celebrity, or somebody who just had some type of story attached to it, where they were able to tell that story that was attached to the suicide, and that used to take a piece of me. And I'll tell you what, been the last couple times where the same situation has happened in suicide, and I said, it's not going to take a piece of me. It's not. gonna be stronger I'm gonna keep going I'm not gonna let it take a piece of me because it happens I feel bad I have sympathy I have compassion for that situation but I'm not gonna buy into it and say man how I wonder what similarities they have with me that could leave me there it's not true not true I'm not gonna buy it I'll consider it I'll sympathize I'll have compassion I'll show love, I'll say a prayer, and I'll mean it. But I won't buy into it as if. Meaning that if it's that possible, I will live in a mindset of the opposite direction to say it's not possible. It won't happen. And here's how I'll keep it from happening. Because I'll know that things are better. I'll know that I have that much control. I'll know that I'll take action when I come to intersections that are critical, that are sensitive, come to intersections that desperately need me to go the other way. So I'll take responsibility and say, I'm not going there because I won't go there. So I watch a thing like this fight and I say, I can't go there. I can't, I can't figure out how to live with the unexpected. So how do I prepare for the unexpected? I go the other direction. I make sure that I'm prepared the other way, the better way, with the better result. With a fighter's attitude. Doesn't take out your fire. Doesn't take out your commitment. You can have it all. You just have to dig in, dig your heels in and say, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to keep getting better. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to create more self-control. I'm going to create more peace, more stability, more discipline. I'm going to create better rules, checks, and measures. You're gonna, I'm going to do all I can. And I get it. That's what, this, is, this is the kicker. And I'm still going to make mistakes. But I'm going to try to prepare to keep them down to a dull roar. This is our better sh- our chance. So, we need to understand who we are and what we do. We need to take inventory of where we're at, where we're going. Quite frankly, sometimes remember where we've been to take notes, to find that improvement that we've gotten to, to cherish it, to be grateful for it, to hold on to it tight, to know that things can never go back, to know that things can only grow, get better, and that we have to hold on to them. When you finally are able to intersect at dreams and goals 
that you're not going to take them and self-destruct and throw them in the garbage. That's impossible. At least that's got to be the mindset, right? It's not going to happen. Not me. I'm going to cherish this type of control, this self-control. I'm going to cherish this life, these decisions, these opportunities, everything that I've fought for, I've created and produced. I'm holding on to it. I don't, I'll do everything possible in the name of good to protect it. The reason I say in the name of good, because I'm not going to do everything in the name of insecurity to protect it. Because that's going to bring out the worst in me if I'm not secure in myself. If I'm not willing to put things out, put things aside to let things go. And if I'm going to let insecurities bring me down, insecurities are going to bring you down way quicker than people will. And no, it's not the people that create those insecurities. It's you that buy into them. It's me. I buy into insecurities. It's one of my greatest defenses is to not buy into insecurities, to my own insecurities, regardless of what anybody says. That's where my confidence is. That's where my self-esteem is. To say it's not true. I heard it. It may bother me now, but come on, man. Give it 10 minutes. Give it 15 minutes. Give it an hour. It's been an hour too long. Get rid of it. It's not true. That's a great ability. We all need to know it. We need to revisit it. We need to reflect on it. You cannot let insecurities bring you down. They will bring you down much quicker than people will. Because you create it. You allow it. And you take the blow. Can't allow it. Got to get rid of it. Got to flush it down the toilet. Get back on your feet. Keep going as if it never did happen because it does not affect you. You know how much we freak out about that doesn't really affect us? Based on people's opinions, based on people's thoughts towards us. Not many of them affect us. Not many of them. Not many of them at all. Actually affect our, 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 our lifestyle. But we make choices, we let them in. And then we take action on them and then we have regrets with poor results. Can't happen, people. Be strong. Keep your head up, stay confident, reflect on your self-esteem, know that it's supposed to be good, it's supposed to be tough, that you're supposed to fight, you're supposed to stay focused, you're not supposed to be tunnel vision. Even if you're focused, focus and tunnel vision are two different things. You can focus with a great awareness. Learn to focus with a great awareness. That's where you live a little slower, live a little wiser. You always push for things to be a little better. This is how we start the week, everybody. Let's remember what's good. Let's remember that sticks and stones may break your bones, but names should never hurt you. Words should never hurt you. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Steve Gerardo. You're listening to my podcast, Bringing Out the Best. Please check me out on Instagram, Steve Gerardo 78 I'm on Facebook, Steve Gerardo. I have a few links building, I'm working, I have a lot of hopes and dreams and goals and I want to share them here, I have a lot of wisdom, I'm 40 years old, I'm here to share and I'm here to stay. Thank you for all your comments, for all your feedback, thank you so much for just sticking with me, for listening to me, for giving me a chance 
I'll keep coming, I promise I'll keep getting better. And I'll keep sharing everything that's good. If you don't like it, let me know about it. I'd like to hear it. If you like it, let me know about it. I'd love to hear it. Have a great week, everybody. Be blessed. Take care. Bye.